2: going on everybody welcome to the Rotor grinders advanced sports analytics show i'm your host travis Mangone, back with my buddy stewart here how's it going over there stewart
3: pretty good uh recovering from a heavy thanksgiving uh you know enjoying uh my uh, black friday bank holiday and uh, yeah happy to be on the show again this week
2: Yeah, man, uh, happy to be on the show again, too, talking uh, NFL with you. We we all uh, were diving into the main slate yesterday, which was – or not the main slate, the Thanksgiving slate, which was fun. And now we got to dive into the main slate. I'm sure a bunch of us are behind, but we'll help catch you up here on the Advanced Sports Analytics Show. Before we kind of dive in and uh, get to the breakdowns of everything – Want to talk about some things. First, if you guys are watching this over there on YouTube, please feel free. Give us the like, give us a subscribe. We would really, really appreciate that. Helps us out a ton here over at Roto Grinders. Also, wanted to mention over here on Roto Grinders, we have the NFL Yahoo! free roll this weekend uh you get to use the lineup hq for free all the premium features and whatnot and you get to make 150 lineups and put them in the free roll and if you're putting 150 in there you may as well throw 150 in some of the other contests they have going on over at yahoo so head on over check out our lineup hq our premium tools and check out the yahoo tournaments going on over there and join in the fun join in on the free roll but let's dive right in. Let's talk about some week 12 reviews, Stuart. Um, I'm blanking on what even happened last week because, you know, we just had Thanksgiving slate and everything. But uh, yeah, it was uh, it was an overall good week for me. Uh, thinking back, I didn't do too bad. Uh, how about yourself?
3: Well, yeah, last week was a roller coaster. I think after the afternoon games, I was at like negative 98 percent, just like looking down the barrel of just a terrible week. But I had uh Fournette and Henry in the late games and those guys bailed me out to just above break even but uh I had kind of just like checked out because I was just like well I guess I'm losing all my money this week and I I checked back in like an hour later I think kind of shortly after those double Henry touchdowns and uh, somehow got back in it but um yeah I mean I think where you know my lineup bill kind of fell a little flat and I think I, I was uh you know, there's a tough decision, I think, for, for me to make. as between Matt Ryan and Baker Mayfield. Um, and, you know, one, one thing sometimes I feel like in my quarterback selection I, I lose sight of is just how much pressure we can project uh, to be applied to, to a quarterback. And, you know, I think naturally, like, my selection process gravitates towards, uh, you know, implied points of a team, uh, maybe allowance of a team uh, per pass attempt, uh you know any sort of rushing upside that a quarterback might have and I kind of lose sight of maybe how much pressure we can expect to be applied to a quarterback and I thought those two guys were just an interesting dichotomy of uh, Baker a guy who you could project to just have a really clean pocket um going up against Miami playing from the lead uh and Matt Ryan kind of the other side uh, just a really weak offensive line and uh, I think it was kind of unclear how, how the game script would go but uh You know, uh, Tampa Bay, I think actually defensively applies a decent amount of pressure at quarterback. And I don't know, I I made the wrong call. Um, But I kind of, as that game, as Sunday was unfolding, kept thinking back to that kind of decision I made and maybe my my lack of consideration for just how clean of a pocket maybe these quarterbacks we could project them to have. Um, It was definitely something I was kind of thinking about, you know, with Matt Ryan playing on a Thursday slate, trying to carry that uh, maybe learning through to Thursday. So I don't know. It's uh, that was kind of one thing I was thinking about coming off of week 12 and uh, just getting on a guy that, you know, you could have seen having a lot of pressure. And that really turned out to be the case uh, both on Thanksgiving and week 12 for Ryan. Um, That's kind of one of my takeaways from, from week 12.
2: Yeah, man. Uh, Matt Ryan, he is – the whole Falcons team has just been – no one's been able to get it right, at least as of late. It's been uh, frustrating and confusing. Uh, wh- one guy I do want to mention is Leonard Fournette. We saw that squeaky wheel end up working out, and he's going to be an interesting guy to look at this week with uh, you know the situation going on because – He's getting a ton of pass work, uh, but he is going against a really tough, uh, you know, run team. So uh, that's one guy I definitely want to touch upon when we get into uh, that. Uh, Let's talk about any other Thanksgiving review stuff. Any takeaways you got there? I mean, the Cowboys, man, that was an ugly one from them. Uh, You know, Mitch Trubisky. I don't think he's back or anything. Uh, I think he's uh, you know just taking advantage of some uh, you know decent situations, and they're trying to cater to him a little better, which is. Which is definitely good. It seems like Nagy's trying to cater to him a little more, but uh, I don't know. I'm still not a really big buyer in the Trubisky of a lot of them.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think in general I'm not either. Um, But I, I I was kind of trying to uh, carry that pressure projection through, and like I think Mitch was the guy on Thanksgiving that you could project to have arguably the cleanest pocket. Maybe Drew Brees, uh, just because that Saints offensive line is uh, so great. But I think uh, you know if you were to boil down like uh, some sort of aggregation of expected or lack thereof expected, uh, you know, quarterback pressure per dollar. Like I thought Mitch was a really strong play. He, he was actually the quarterback that was kind of showing up at the top of, uh, this optimizer tool that we, we rolled out, uh, earlier this week. And, um, you know, I think, uh, I don't know, I, maybe, you know, uh, a blind squirrel, uh, catches and an finds a nut, but, um, I, uh, I really thought like, you know, the, the projectability of Mitch's, uh, you know, having, having time to throw the ball, um, you know, voted well for him. And, uh, you know, I kind of want to keep thinking about that as I'm moving forward to the rest of the season, uh, being wary of quarterbacks that maybe have, uh, the possibility to just be under pressure all game and, uh, maybe recognizing that there is a somewhat of a dangerous floor with some of those guys. Um, so yeah, that's kind of my thoughts from Thanksgiving. The Blau thing was obviously fun for, uh, you know, a couple, uh, about a quarter, um, But uh, yeah, man, these cheap quarterbacks, like, you know, you don't need, it doesn't take much for them to uh, hit that value. Uh, I think on a slate where maybe some of the other quarterbacks got a little less uh, production, you know, I think he would have been a, you know, pretty, pretty strong uh, lineup uh, piece for sure.
2: Yeah. I mean, Blau wasn't bad. He he was uh, better than we thought. Uh, It was at least fun, right? Uh, That first game was kind of expecting to be ugly, I guess you could say, but uh, overall, you know, solid Thanksgiving. I made some money, so I can't complain. And uh, you know, kind of onto the main slate, but, uh, Stuart, before we get into the main slate, uh, I wanted to ask you a question here. You got a little tool over here at, uh, you know, advanced sports analytics, this optimization tool, and uh, I wanted to like kind of give you the opportunity to share uh, more about this, more about it.
3: Yeah. So we, uh, you know, I think to date a lot of our work at ASA has been on doing a lot of da- data, aggregation, data cleaning to produce metrics that players can use to incorporate into their lineup construction uh, you know, intermediate to advanced players, I think have a good understanding for, uh, you know, how to incorporate some of these metrics. Um, and we've kind of been leaving the task of waiting properly, all these, you know, inputs that we might consider into their lineup construction. But I think the goal all along has been to put together a, uh, you know, algorithm that does weight, I guess, all these different decision metrics that we're making decisions around and putting that into an optimization uh, or projection and optimization tool, um, we actually finished that up, uh, last, like earlier this week, had it rolled out for Thanksgiving, uh, Had it free access for Thanksgiving. Um, our, you know, our optimal lineup did, uh, did kind of sneak inside the cash line and in, in the double ups and, uh, some other, uh, you know, alternative lineups further down also, uh, performed pretty well in cash. Uh, not sure. I didn't do any triple ups this weekend. I think maybe, uh, like our top DAC lineup might've sneaked in, but, um, Yeah, I wanted to go through and just kind of try to give the quickest tutorial possible I could on maybe how to use the tools uh, from just a, uh, you know, keystroke and functionality standpoint, maybe also just some kind of thought pieces on how to incorporate the tools. So um, when you go to the ASA page, you know, you can go to the NFL drop down menu, select optimizer, and you're taken to the tool. Uh, So this is the interface of the tool right here. Uh you know, it's, it's kind of a tabular based tool we got all these tabs on the top where it's just different projections uh, for different positions. And, you know, we have uh, like raw fantasy points projections right here, as well as a, a value metric, which is just kind of a, a function that's considering, uh, you know, projected points versus salary, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I think, and then I'm sorry, and it's also got some extra tabs that I think re- relate to uh, like what I'm calling game macros or just the uh, game level factors that kind of we fold into as DFS players into our projections like spread over under uh, how many run or pass plays we're projecting a team to run, uh, whether it's indoors or outdoors, what the weather's like, etc. cetera. Um, also some DVP metrics. I think we've talked a good bit on the show about DVP. Um, you know, it's something if some people I think enjoy using that to kind of guide their line of construction, others don't uh, the model, you know, the model is trained around the incorporation of DVP metrics. However, you know, we do want to give people who aren't into DVP the option to neutralize DVP. Um, and that'll just set, you know, metrics to, uh, you know, we have opponent adjusted metrics, which are like on a continuous range from negative to positive. So just neutralizes those around zero, sets some of our uh, non-negative metrics to league averages, etc. So it's, you know, the opportunity to remove DVP if that's something you're inclined to do in an actives tab. So a lot of our projections around market share is going to be informed by which players are active, which players are inactive. Um, and then we do have our optimals tab, uh, which has optimal lineups and an exposure tab. Just if you want to check to see kind of which players you're getting most exposure to. So I want to start, I think the process starts actually in the game macros tab where you're just selecting what slate you're going to look at. So like, we're going to look at uh, Sunday main. So the combination of Sunday early and Sunday afternoon, um, That'll constrain your projections and optimals towards uh you know around the uh, you know slates that we're playing in we have our projections uh for for these different positions and you know our maybe I'll go back actually to the game macros you know we have we have these projections that are either generated by a s a or you know some Vegas stuff like spread over under um, we're generating projections around kind of these standards that either uh, Vegas is established, or that our projection algorithms have established, but we do want to give people the opportunity to, uh, you know, fidget with the model inputs. You know, if they think, uh, for example, a game uh, like, you know, I think one interesting one is, you know, Baltimore San Francisco, where uh, you know the industry has. Uh, hmm, this seems backwards, isn't Baltimore uh favorite in this game? Uh, might have to go back and check these. Oh, yes, I'm sorry, Baltimore minus six uh, in the team column. You know, but if you wanted to build, uh, you know, optimize a lineup conditional on, uh, you know, kind of an alternative set of outcomes, like maybe uh, Baltimore, uh, you know, Baltimore onslaught stack, where maybe you want to build around the assumption that Baltimore is going to play this game out uh, more similar to a team that's favored by like 15 points, uh, you know, you can go in and actually download, uh, you know, some of these inputs, edit them in Excel, re-upload them back into the model and are projections will adjust based on uh you know modifications you might want to make to the input. So um I'm gonna walk through kind of an example of that, not at the game level, but at the player level. Um I haven't updated our uh you know input projections for like market share in the last uh couple or in the last day really since I think lock yesterday. Um but you know I was looking through our projections and uh let's see you know we got Tyree Kill at the top uh Tyler Boyd is kind of interestingly high uh, you no know, one guy I think we'll get to that I'm I'm really uh bullish on this week is uh, uh da, 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 what's his name? Uh, Devontae Adams and I'm not sure why he's not showing uh anyways uh but Devontae Adams and uh you know, we're kind of projecting what I think is a bit of an under-projection. And, you know, I'm looking through as maybe why that might be. And here's some kind of internal projection or either internal historical metrics or projections, uh, you know, projection for how much market share Devonte Adams will have, how much of an air yard share will have in the game. Uh, you know, we, we, we're doing our best on the back end to kind of update some of these algorithmic projections, maybe smooth them out with, what we think is a little more likely, um, you know, we want to give the user the opportunity to input some of their own projections if they kind of disagree with how we're looking at something. Uh, so they can do that by downloading, um, you know, our, our uh, set of projections and the inputs that come into them. And, you know, people can edit, I guess, these, uh, inputs that we, uh, you know, we have to maybe kind of update to projections to really make them their own, uh, you know, I think that's, you know, one way we can kind of gain an edge is rather than relying on projections that we're, you know, feeding into the algorithm, uh, you know, modify inputs to kind of really, you know, make their projections unique and maybe different from the field uh, and gain some advantages there. So if we wanted to like update, uh, you know, some maybe a market share projection for Devante Adams, we can do so with, you know, you download the spreadsheet and you'll have to kind of look through the different column names to understand what each metric uh, coordinates to. I mean, I've you know, in building this tool, have a decent familiarity with what uh, the different ones coordinate to. But I think you know, with uh, you know, with enough uh, kind of usage of it, you can get a feeling for how these uh, you know coordinate. And uh, so the tab I'm looking at, where you know, I think our model is a little bit underweight on Devontae Adams was his uh, his market share of targets, right? Like 22, percent I think, is pretty low. Uh, and I think there's a, you know, this tool is really useful for incorporating other ASA tools into it to uh, really create more accurate projections. Um, you know, we could pull up like our volume efficiency app and and get a sense of maybe lately what Devonte Adams has been doing from a market share standpoint while well, that's loading. Um, you know, so here's actually our pred- uh, predicted target market share column. And we can see we have Adams at 22%. And, you know, some other guys, I think, uh, let's see if I just sort by salary r- real quick, it should kind of order nicely. Uh, yeah. So we got Adams at the top, uh, MVS, Allison, Zard Kumro. Um, you know, we're projecting like in particular, uh, MVS and Allison, these are guys who we're saying, you know, might have similar market or, you know, relatively similar market share to Adams. And I think, uh, you know, if we look uh, at how how these, uh, you know, different receivers have been sh- allocating or sharing uh, targets recently, like, say, in the last month, um, let's see, so if I did, like, 2019, uh, maybe do, like, last last month, you know, we can see that, like, Adams is really crushing that 22% market share uh, projection, and really the guy kind of behind him is Alan uh, Lazard, interestingly enough, a guy like you know MVS has just really fallen off uh, in terms of kind of the targets he's receiving. Uh, so you know we could go ahead and like update these to maybe like uh, you know I don't know thirty. Like if we did thirty percent Adams MVS, if we you know negatively boosted him down to like five percent. Uh, Geronimo, if we did to like point you know nine percent, and uh, if we boosted Lazard up to twelve, maybe you know we wanted to boost Adams uh, air yards to like I don't know four. I think he's like been 40% or so recently, um, you know, we can, we can save, oops, sorry, let me uh, remove this filter here. Uh, so we have all of them. We can save this file out uh, with kind of our, uh, you know, up, uh, modification we've made to some of the model inputs, upload this CSV into our projection model. Uh, and all of a sudden, you know, Adam's a guy who wasn't really, popping, uh, you know, into some of our higher value receivers all of a sudden now is kind of rising up our projection when we make some kind of amendments to the internal market share projections that, uh, you know, we've done. So I think there's good functionality with that. Uh, I know we haven't yet updated like Evan Ingram, uh, and Rhett Ellison have, uh, been out. So we have him expected inactive as zero, but we could update him, uh, you know, such that, uh, you know, our, our New York Giants tight ends and tight end tab, uh, you know, we have Ingram projecting for points and Red Ellison projecting for points and Caden Smith with a really low projection. If we were to update, you know, the inactive status of Ingram and Ellison, all of a sudden we'd see our projection model generating a larger market share projection for Caden Smith, factoring that in with his, you know, per, per target efficiency, all that stuff. So a similar, you know, concept of, uh, you know, downloading the, Take what you're seeing to the right, downloading, editing in Excel, making some modifications to the projections uh, that you might like to optimize around and then uploading it through upload tabs. Uh, And Then you get the optimal tab and, uh, you know, there's a simple kind of lock fade uh, input. So like, uh, you know, we have a lot of Christian McCaffrey. If you uh, decide, you know, the price is too high again this week and want to, uh, you know, fade CMC, uh, you can drop him in into the fade column you know, generate some optimals that, uh, you know, don't have, uh, CMC's here. here's Devante Adams and your update optimal anyway. So that, that's kind of the tool. Um, I don't want to take up too much time because I know we've already, uh, you know, spent a little bit of time, but I wanted to kind of give a tutorial uh, so people have a good sense of how to use it and maybe can get some, uh, ideas for how to, uh, you know, incorporate into their builds from a cash standpoint, or if they want to do tournament builds, uh, you know, updating some inputs that maybe reflect uh, a game flow that you might want to build tournament lineups around. Um, So yeah, that's ASA, you know, projection optimal tool. Uh, It's kind of a continuous work in process uh, or in progress, you know, trying to improve model performance, uh, you know, trying to improve aesthetic functionality on the front end. So um, yeah, I hope you guys will find it useful. I was free yesterday and will also be free uh, through this weekend. And uh, you know, if you guys have any feedback, reach out to us on Twitter, email, uh, you know, if there's changes you guys want to see made, we'll, we'll do what we can to uh, try to incorporate those into the uh, app design.
2: Yeah, and if you guys want to check that out, head on over to advancedsportsanalytics.com. Uh, you know, that's definitely a, a great site where you can check out that tool. And uh, like I said, Stuart, I'm sure he'll do whatever he can to help you guys out. One thing to help us out before we kind of get into the game by game breakdown, please hit the like and subscribe on the Rotor Grinders channel here uh, on this video. We really, really appreciate it. it; helps us out a ton. So please, guys, like and subscribe on the channel. We appreciate that. Uh, let's dive right in, though, Stuart. We're going to do the game by game breakdown, and uh, we're going to start off first. We're going to start with the game that uh, should be getting a lot of traction. We got the Tampa Bay Bucks. We got the Jacksonville Jaguars. Forty-seven point five total. Uh, you know the Jags; they are home one and a half point, uh, underdog. So this is a game that I think is intriguing because we got this, uh, Nick Foles and all the receivers to throw to what to do with Leonard Fournette. Um, and then, you know, the bucks, it's just like, take your pick Evans or Godwin every week. It's one or the other. So a lot to chew on here. Uh, where do you want to start first?
3: Um, yeah, I mean, I think, uh, the Fournette question is is a good one that I'm kind of trying to work through. Um, obviously a really tough matchup for Fournette and, uh, just because he did so well last week, his kind of price has been neutralized. Uh, there's not really much of a you know, salary break on him uh, just because he performed so well last week. Um, man, I mean, I think the question with Fournette week in and week out is like the volumes there. Um, you know, do we have uh, just concerns about how efficient he's going to be given the touch he's going to get, especially against a really tough, uh, you know, Tampa Bay defense. I think they're, Effectiveness against the run is really well-documented. Uh, they're allowing the fewest fantasy points, uh, opponent, you know, adjusted fantasy points per rushing attempt. I think we all know how good Tampa Bay is on the ground. Um, what I don't think gets talked enough about enough is how effective they are at limiting running backs in the air. Um, you know, per running back target, they're allowing the seventh fewest fantasy points and they are suppressing running back target market share at the second highest rate in the league um, you know, these are all concerning. I guess metrics for Fournette. Um, really, the question is: like, you know, he's uh, he's got these concerns on on a on a per touch, you know, per uh, per target, per rush tent basis. Is the uh, volume we're going to expect with him, uh, you know, going to help him uh, come through and kind of hit the value we need? Uh, I think that you know the game total is intriguing and kind of. I think would be good for Fournette and some of those Jacksonville pieces. I feel like we usually don't see them in this high total uh, of a game. So I definitely think he's in play in cash. And I think obviously strong tournament consideration, uh, you know, if we can get a couple touchdowns out of him and get his usual uh, touch kind of allocation that we're used to, uh, I think he's a strong play there. So I don't know, I think that's a pivotal decision uh, in this game. Uh, you got any, any thoughts here? Is it, Guy, you're interested in or not really?
2: Yeah, like my initial read is just like, don't play for that, right? When I first saw the slate, I was like, I don't want to do that. But the more and more I kind of dove in and looked at it, like he's starting to become more and more enticing. I don't know if that's for certain how I'm going to go, at least in cash games. Like, I know not to get off track of this game, but like, I want to probably jam into Christian McCaffrey. I think a Miles Sanders with Howard's, uh you know, situation being in doubt, I think he's going to be quite intriguing. Depends on what site you're looking at and the salary. Um, so there, there's already two running backs I might be putting in. So, um, Fournette's definitely in the conversation though. I do want to talk about these receivers though. Um, you know, I think Chark is a phenomenal play. I think he's a really great tournament and cash play. I think he's going to absolutely dominate. And some of these other guys too, like Conley, someone, uh, I don't know if this is like, people know this so well. I heard this on the podcast, uh, on a podcast last week and I didn't realize like Nick Foles and Conley, they played with the chiefs together and they kind of talked about how, uh, you know, Conley was like, yeah, one day we're going to be like a tandem together somewhere. So like they kind of have a little bit of a connection together that they've uh, you know played with. So Conley's kind of a cheap receiver that I think you can look at there. Uh don't mind Didi as well. I think all these Jaguars receivers are in play and like really great tournament plays that you want to get exposure to. Because again, this Bucks pass tunnel is something we really, really want to target. Uh Chark's probably my favorite Jaguar receiver, though. How about you, Stuart?
3: Yeah, I like Chark. Um, probably my favorite as well. Uh Didi, I mean, I feel like all year we've kind of been looking for DD to, you know, his price has been pretty suppressed uh, after kind of the early stages of the season, but it's, I think, been warranted. I mean, just really hasn't been getting there, hasn't been getting, uh, you know, the volume we would like, but, you know, maybe there's, you know, some uh, contrarian opportunity there. Maybe you're thinking uh, the return of Foles might might help DD. Um, yeah, Chark, probably the guy I'm going to be keying on uh, for Jacksonville. <clears throat> um, and then looking at the Tampa Bay side, I mean, we obviously have those receivers that uh, you know, Tampa Bay runs great plays uh, week in week out. Seems like it's kind of tough to try to stack both of them on the same team, but uh, in isolation, both really strong plays. Uh, one guy, though, I'm I'm pretty interested in on the Tampa Bay side is Ronald Jones. I mean, we saw Derrick Henry absolutely gash uh, Jacksonville's run defense last week, and uh, you know, obviously, Ronald Jones is a step down from Derrick Henry. But uh, I mean, Jacksonville is entering uh, Carolina territory as far as just the you know the worst run defense in the NFL. Uh, they have been really bad against the run, and uh, you know Ronald Jones has at times shown you know the ability to uh, be effective on the ground, and he, he seems to have a pretty good sh- uh, you know grip on the Tampa Bay lead back uh, role. So definitely interested in Ronald Jones as maybe a pivot off of those receivers uh, but obviously I mean Evans and Godwin so explosive I think uh, you're always incorporating them into your uh, tournament consideration you know weekend week weekend.
2: yep I agree with you on that um, yeah the Ronald Jones situation is a funny one uh, I just don't know how to approach it but he's certainly in play and that Jameis in the stacks with the uh, you know Tampa Bay receivers is always in play in tournaments uh, let's move on to the next game we got the Green Bay Packers New York Giants 44.5 total. And listen, this is my Green Bay Packers. I, I love this team. Uh, I think they're they're going to be a really nice playoff team here. Hope they can kind of find their identity and get things straight. And I know there's a squeaky wheel with Aaron Jones there. Possibly getting him more involved. Jamal Williams is a really interesting price over on DraftKings at 4.5k. I think he's a cash game option you can consider with the amount of targets he gets on PPR sites specifically. And then Devontae Adams, his price is just too cheap at 7k. We talked about his market share and everything in the optimization tool that you showed. I love Devontae Adams. I think he's one of the best receiver options. So uh, talking about this Green Bay side, I think there's a lot to like.
3: Yeah. I mean, really agree with Adams. I mean, 7,000 for a guy who is getting as much, uh, you know, volume as he is. And it's really just like a dream matchup for, you know, Green Bay pass throwers and pass catchers. Um, <clears throat> New York giants are allowing the most fantasy points per target to opposing receivers. And, you know Adams is a guy who is probably going to be getting anywhere from thirty to forty percent of you know targets uh, thrown his way. Like I just think he is in a dream spot and one of the more lockable uh, players I think on the slate. And at seven thousand, like he's not even really a guy. You know we have to find ways to save for. Like I think he's just at a really great price, really great matchup, and just has an incredible role with the uh, you know Packers pass game that, that is pretty effective it's a pretty good game total. It's actually, I mean, it's a very good, you know, total for, for green Bay at 45, Uh, you know, green Bay expected to get like six or six and a half. Um, Yeah. Love Adams. Um, Yeah. I'll probably be attacking this game. I think giants uh, through the air. That's typically how I'm wanting to go after them. Uh, So yeah, Rogers to Adams, great for tournaments. Uh, You know, it seems like Rogers would be in play even in cash Uh, Adams, I think, You know, great cash play, great tournament play. Uh, Really liking the Green Bay air side on the ball.
2: Yep, definitely do as well. The one question I have is uh, there might be weather there this weekend. So, I don't know. I save that for like Saturday night, Sunday, though they really get worried. But just check on that because that could obviously change some of the situations and how you want to approach the game. Uh, How about the Giants side of the ball? They're moving Sterling Shepard back to the slot. I saw that. So, you know, back to more than that, his natural role. So, I think that could help him a little bit. I just don't know what I want to do here. Uh, You know, Barkley, again, his price has gone down, but he just hasn't been right. And uh, I don't know, since that injury, it's just he hasn't been as great. So I'm kind of torn on what to do with Giants here. Like, how would you kind of run this back? Any guys in cash games you like here on on this side of the ball?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think there's a bit to chew uh, on the Giants side. I mean, yeah, the Saquon thing, it's kind of tough to figure out. He has not been very strong this year. Uh, His price has come down but it's really good matchup for him. I mean, the the Packers are allowing the third most adjusted fantasy points per rush attempt behind the atrocious, you know, Panthers and Jaguars defenses. And it seems to be a good matchup for him. I mean, uh, Green Bay is doing a pretty good job at limiting running back pass, catching efficiency, but they are kind of funneling. uh, uh, They've been pretty effective at funneling uh, passes away from receivers and towards the running back and tight end positions. Uh, and those are kind of the two spots I'm looking to attack them. Uh, not sure if Saquon reaches cash consideration, because I, I feel like I might be a little more inclined for like Fournette, just given his a uh, little more stable role. Um, but I definitely think Saquon's in play in tournaments. Um, yeah, it, it, yeah,
2: it's tough though because like, we knew that this injury, right? He rushed back from the injury. Uh it was clear, right? It was it happened what was it? Happened like week three, I think the injury happened. Something and like he, that, yeah. he came back week seven, right? And now it's week twelve, right? Like this is probably the timetable of when like he probably should have been healthy, maybe. Um maybe like a week before, but I want to be ahead of the curve, right? Because the second he pops off for a game, like that price is going to shoot up. So in tournaments, if you haven't like been buying on him, it's not a bad idea to start now or maybe just continue to die with, uh, you know, him and just ride it out to the end of the season. But uh, the Packers are a spot where splash plays happen, right? You can break off a ton of splash plays against that team. And uh, Bark is a guy that can make splash plays. So I do think he's more of a tournament play than a cash game guy and someone that you might want to start mixing in exposure to because at that price, he's just too cheap.
3: Yep. One last guy I do want to think about in cash. Uh, not sure he's got a great ceiling for tournaments, but, you know, we talked about uh, Red <clears throat> Ellison and Ingram are going to be out. So it's going to be kind of the Caden Smith show at tight end. And uh, I don't know that's the most entertaining show in town, but uh, you know, Green Bay has been very attackable at tight end. They're allowing the second most uh, adjusted fantasy points per tight end target and per tight end air yard, which, I think Caden Smith got like five catches for 17 yards or something like ridiculously. Uh, yeah. I'm looking at it now.
2: It was, it was six targets, five catches, 17 yards and a touchdown. And yeah, the best nice. part is, is his longest catch was 11 yards. So um, there was <laughs> the rest were like four for,
3: you know, six yards. Interesting. Um, but yeah, I mean, Hey, five catches at, at the price tag, like we'll get it done. And, you know, we're talking about interest in McCaffrey and wanting to get to Devontae Adams and, you know, having some interest in some of these mid-tier running backs. Like, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm usually someone who's spending down at tight end. And uh, yeah, it seems like, you know, Green Bay is a spot we can attack. Uh, Caden Smith has that role pretty, you know, carved out. And, uh, hey, I mean, I'll, I'll take, uh, you know, I'll take five catches for maybe 25 yards uh, from Caden Smith if we can get it for uh, for 2,900.
2: Yeah, that is certainly in play. Let's head on over to the next game. And we got the New York Jets. We got the Cincinnati Bengals. This has a 41 and a half total here. Jets, they are on the road and they're three-point favorites. Uh, the thing that just stuck out to me, and I thought I saw this early in the week, I thought this total was a lot higher. Um, and like I said, with Thanksgiving and everything, I haven't like been uh, as plugged on the spreads. I thought this thing was at like 47 earlier in the week. So if it's gone down like six points, that'd be crazy to me. Um, I think Andy Dalton, because he got ruled the starter, I think that's kind of intriguing here as an option that we can go to. Um, what do you kind of think of Andy Dalton here as a cheap guy?
3: Yeah, I like Andy Dalton a lot. He's uh, shown up as one of our more valuable quarterbacks in our you know optimizer. And uh, yeah, I mean, the, the Jets are a team we know are going to be tough against the run, but can be attacked in the pass game. Um, I mean, they, they, and, uh, yeah, so I think it's, I mean, 4,700 good spot, uh, be interesting to see if Adrian green, uh, decides he's going to play. It seems unlikely, but, uh, I don't were, think
2: he's playing, man. It just, yeah. it, there's, he, there's no incentive. He doesn't gain any money from playing, so it doesn't make a ton of sense. And I don't know what I was thinking. Maybe like the, the total says 41. It says it opened at 41. I don't know. The totals next to it are like 47. So I must've read it wrong earlier in the week, but, um, um. Yeah. No, Stuart, like I talk about this all the time. Like why do we want to play guys in a 41 total? Um, uh, but here I am, I'm here like uh, team, Andy Dalton, let's load up on him, but it's mainly a price play, right? That, that's why I showing up in the optimizer time because it helps him jam in jamming guys like Christian McCaffrey, uh, and all those other stud options that we're going to look at.
3: Yeah. I, I think it's not a bad play at all. Um, uh, I think he's in playing cash, uh, tournaments. Uh, I don't know. It could be tough. I feel like, you know, Dalton's ceiling is a bit low, but, uh, yeah, well, there's, there's one ex- guy to
2: run it back with, man. Who who's the guy? You, you know the you know the call.
3: Uh, Robbie Anderson. Uh, no, no, right. Tyler Boyd, man. You got to run. Oh, it oh, oh, oh I'm saying running it, running it with Cincinnati. Yeah, yeah I mean, my bad. Tyler, I worded it wrong. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Tyler Boyd would figure to be the guy. Um, I'm in, you know I'm intrigued by Auden Tate. Uh, he is real cheap and has been uh, kind of Cincinnati's preferred deep earth threat, although they don't really work downfield that much. Um, I hadn't, you know, I saw an interesting stat. I don't really know what to make of it, but uh, the Jets are allowing the league lowest uh, wide receiver a dot. Uh, so it's it's a team that or defense that teams seem to be, uh, you know, attacking underneath. I guess relative to how you know teams typically play out against other opponents. Not really sure what that means. Like, does that mean that they're just going to be feeding? short guys like Tyler Boyd, or does that mean that, you know, the jets are going to effectively suppress, you know, the depth of, uh, you know, wide receiver targets such that, you know, Boyd's going to be getting super, you know, I don't know. I'm not really sure what to make of that really, if anything, but, uh, yeah, I mean, Boyd had had a great game last week. The price, uh, hasn't become super inflated. And, you know, I think, I think Andy Dalton's probably a more effective quarterback for these receivers than Finley. So, uh, definitely intrigued there. Uh, Jet side of the ball, like Cincinnati, we can get, you know, pretty much everywhere. Uh, you know, Love Bell, I think, is in play, just given his, uh, you know, dynamic role as a pass catcher and runner. Um, you know, Darnold, I think, is an interesting play, although one, it, it does feel like there may be a little better, cheaper options than Darnold, and there's better, you know, he's kind of in a weird price range. Uh, and Robbie Anderson's a guy who you know, we keep waiting on to, uh, you know, have, you know, big, you know, be part of kind of a big tournament winning lineup and it just hasn't happened yet. Um, might never happen, but, uh, you know, certainly I think worth some consideration as a bring back option. Those are kind of guys I'm looking at on jet side
2: yeah definitely just looking at those receivers and maybe bring it back with i'm not the biggest levy on bell guy but i get it if you if you want to go him it's the Bengals, right it, it makes sense uh price is 7.2k i think he's someone that you can consider there don't hate it um it's definitely some of my bias leaking in there but
3: uh yeah, again this, i'm with you i don't think i've played left bell once in cash this week or this year uh probably won't be happening but uh Yeah,
2: I played him once and I got a good game out of him. So I'm trying to just take my money and run, I think. But again, like 41 and a half total, right? I don't want to like, you know, just game stack it up all the way and load up on it. But I do think it's one of the better uh, lower totals of the week. Uh, Let's go on to the Titans, the Colts, 43 and a half total here. And man, Derrick Henry he was the talk of the town last week. I'm wondering if it's going to be the same thing this week here against the Colts. Uh, You know, as the season goes on, he just gets better and better. Uh, The man just doesn't stop. Uh, Do you have any interest in Derrick Henry or is the price and matchup too much this time?
3: Yeah. I don't know. This game in general, just kind of feels like a black game for me. Um, I mean, I loved Henry last week cause he was going up against the Jaguars and you know, his price, uh, <clears throat> wasn't super elevated. And now he's going up against a stouter run defense. You know, the Colts are going to try to slow the ball down, I think in a pretty big way. Um, so yeah, I don't know. There's not too much. I'm really interested in this game. Uh, you know, I do think it's worth noting Indianapolis as a, as a defense, uh, Tends to allow kind of an elevated, uh, you know, target volume to opposing tight ends. We got uh, Delaney Walker out. Jonu Smith returning that starting role. Uh, you know, could be. You know, his price isn't like as low as it was. You know, that the week past where uh, he was kind of getting his first shot as a starter. But uh, yeah, this game just total wise, team wise, feels a bit like kind of a uh, pass game for me.
2: Yeah. Uh, I'm with you on that. Let's move on. Let's go over to the next game. Cause again, like, I don't want to talk about this one. The only is like maybe Doyle, uh, I probably should have mentioned him because of uh, all the receivers are out, but uh, that's the only guy I'm really considering. It feels like more of like a floor cash play. Um, let's move on over Redskins, Panthers. And again, I talked about not going crazy with these 40 totals, but um, we got Christian McCaffrey, right? We have to love him in this spot against the Redskins. Uh, you know they have a twenty-four and a half implied total uh, against the Skins at home. I mean, this seems like a perfect spot for Christian McCaffrey, and it feels like this is the week where we can have the money for it. Uh, there's not a ton of guys that we want to spend up on and load up on, so I think this is the week we can definitely get McCaffrey in there.
3: Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, you know, we we have some, I think, viable cheap quarterback options, which in weeks past hasn't been the case. Uh, you know, we got we got some good uh, you know receivers at kind of the mid tier, so yeah, I think this is a, you know, plug and play McCaffrey week. Uh, the guy just seems to be, you know, matchup proof. His, like I I was off him last week just cause the matchup and it like, just doesn't matter. Like total, uh, you know, he, he gets to 30, whether he gets a touchdown or not. Um, you know, it was just so dynamic in the run game and the pass game, uh, you know, has hundred yard receiving hundred yard rushing potential every week. Um, yeah, I think it's just a lock and load McCaffrey week. Uh, you know, ten five, uh, you know, low total, but Carolina's got a, you know, double digit uh spread. Now I think probably just best not to overthink this one and the guy's floor is insane, right? Like it just seems like yeah. impossible for him to not get to thirty points. So
2: yeah, Stuart, I don't know what your optimizer is doing over there, but just like make it so it locks McCaffrey in. I don't, I don't care if it's like you know yeah. saying not to, just make it sure like like put a little tool in there that says, hey, make sure <laughs> Christian McCaffrey's locked. Uh, yeah,
3: yeah, the the CMC uh, lock checkbox. He's actually showing as our top value uh, running back, even at ten five. Bell Bell's actually showing second, which is uh, interesting. But yeah, I mean CMC just. Put him, put him in that lock tab for sure.
2: Good, I'm, I'm glad to hear. Uh, optimizers need that nowadays. Uh, <laughs> I hear some people touting out to play him, and like even last week, like I didn't play him, and you know it worked out. But I don't know, man. Uh, McCaffrey just every week is thirty points. It's amazing. And I'll take those points every time. Um, you know, let's talk about running it back, right? Uh, who on the outside do you want to go to? I think there's only one guy. It's simple. It's Terry McLaurin. Yeah. That's it. And I think he's got a really nice price on like a FanDuel specifically. I saw he was 5.8K. Uh, that's a nice price tag. There's a couple guys in that range you can consider as well and, and just a little bit up. But I think running it back with McLaurin isn't a bad idea. Here's the one problem. I have to trust Dwayne Haskins. And that's a tough ask. Um, can you do that in cash games? Tournaments, I get it, right? You can always take a shot. And we know the upside of McLaurin has. But um, do you trust Haskins enough to play at McLaurin?
3: I mean, no, not in cash, and I think in cash in particular, I'm not even that concerned about you know running anything uh, for CMC back. I mean, but yeah, tournaments like he would appear to be, uh, you know, the the uh, the cash uh, run back pairing with with CMC. I don't know. I mean, at a 39 total and a 10 point, uh, you know, Carolina's a 10 point favorite. Like, might just be a game to just build an onslaught stack with and just not try to run back, uh, you know, any any, uh, Washington guys. Um, I mean, it, like Carolina's a team I would like to try to attack with running back on the ground, but Washington has, seems to have just a stable of ineffective running backs such that, you know, I can't, uh, like I'm looking now at just snap percentages from last week. Uh, Darius Geis led running back, uh, Washington running backs in snap count at 43% of snaps. Uh, Adrian Peterson, 33% Wendell Smallwood, 27%. Like none of those guys are playable, uh, you know, no matter how good the matchup is. So I don't know. I probably won't be trying to stack up this game per se. Uh, you know, if I'm building Carolina, it's going to be onslaught type stack. Um, yeah.
2: All righty. Let's move on over. Let's go to the next game. We got the 49ers, the Ravens, they are five and a half favorites here and we got some weather that could possibly lurking but let's talk about lamar jackson man he's been phenomenal uh been too tough to to stop but the question is is the price too much i mean he's the highest price quarterback here um over on i think Vandal DraftKings. i don't think he is i think he's 7k mahomes
3: mahomes is a little above him
2: yeah yeah yeah, mahomes is above him and 7k again i think that's like not expensive enough but he's priced for the matchup too right the niners aren't going to be an easy spot for him Uh, so how are, how do you approach this again? Like there's cheap guys, like an Dalton we talked about, a Nick Foles. Those are guys that you can consider as, you know, value plays, but would you rather just jam in a Lamar Jackson? Uh, and does that hinder your tournament upside? If you're jamming in a quarterback at that price here?
3: Um, I mean, you would think it does, but Lamar Jackson seems to be one of those guys that, you know, has such a high ceiling just with the value he creates through his legs. And, um, in the air that, uh, You know, I think he's got tournament winning upside. And at 7K, like, there are more expensive quarterbacks that we could play. Um, I mean, we talked about CMC being matchup proof. Lamar seems to be... Those two guys, I feel like, are in kind of a league of their own in terms of just whatever the matchups say, just throw that out the window. Like, I think one application with our optimizer is uh, if you don't want to, like, fully wipe out DVP uh, impacts and not going with the full neutralize, but just download DVP, and just neutralize San Francisco's DVP. Cause like Lamar, cause Lamar Jackson isn't popping, uh, in our optimals, but, uh, you know, it, it feels like, you know, and I, and I, know that's because of, uh, the tough matchup, but he, he seems like a guy that just doesn't matter who's playing. Like he's going to get his, uh, and this is, I mean, first time, uh, we might actually get four quarters out of Lamar Jackson, which we haven't gotten the past two weeks. um, yeah, he he's a guy I think that's in consideration for cash. If you uh, are finding you know other places to maybe spend down, but uh, I think my cash build will probably be such that not that it's I think he's a bad play. I just think uh, you know my, my spending at quarterbacks probably going to be on the lower end, so I can get up at some of the other positions. But for tournaments, you know, Jackson strong play correlates really well with his uh, pretty much two primary targets in Mark Andrews and uh, Hollywood Brown. Um, So yeah, uh, thinking, thinking consideration for cash and tournaments uh, for sure. And uh, does feel like a bit of a uh, matcher proof play, uh, at least from what we've seen so far.
2: Yeah. uh, Do you have a lean Mark Andrews or or Hollywood Brown, which one you would go? I I think they're both fine. um, But I don't know. I don't have like this strong lean.
3: Yeah. I mean, for, tournaments probably Mark Andrews just I think uh in general paying up at tight end is I think tends to be a bit on the contrarian side and uh with guys like Kelsey and Kittle on the main slate uh I could see Andrews going a bit under-owned uh I think Uh, let me check my notes but I mean yeah San Francisco is very tough against the tight end allowing the fourth fewest fantasy points per tight end target and uh, allowing like really short targets to tight ends they have the second lowest adjusted tight end a dot Um, and Andrews is a guy that I think we would like to kind of get downfield Um, tough spot but uh, I think it's you know a good you know contrarian play and he just historically at least in 2019 has correlated really well with Lamar Jackson. Uh, so that's probably where I would lean uh, between those two. Yeah. You're, you're
2: giving me flashbacks to the Thanksgiving slate. I, I faded Jason Witten and I felt great <laughs> after the first game. Cause I played Jesper, man. Uh, I got the Jesper oh, nice. touchdown. I felt like I was, uh, you know, on top of the world. And then uh, Jason Witten in like the second toughest matchup against tight ends, the Buffalo bills, uh, you know, ran wild. So I was pretty tilted by that, but, um, listen, I got my Jesper call. Uh, I got the touchdown. <laughs> I was so happy about that one. Uh, but yeah, uh, this game again, like, I don't know about running it back with any Niners, like maybe Kittle, but that's the only Niner I really want exposure to here. Um, I just don't see any interest in any of these other guys, right? Just Kittle maybe in tournaments and move on. Yeah,
3: it's a really tough spot. I mean, I think early in the year, there was you know, some chatter like, oh, this isn't the Ravens defense of old. Like, If you check the stats from the last couple months, uh, this Ravens defense is... I think in the same category as uh, you know, San Francisco and new England, maybe maybe it just, you know, just a notch below, but this Ravens yeah, defense has that, been really good. Uh, that's because
2: they got Jimmy Smith back. Like uh, that yeah. helps a ton. I mean, in games when he doesn't, doesn't play, it's like so massive. So if he gets hurt again, like uh, you know, feel free to target the Ravens defense. Uh, they, they, they get worse. Uh, let's go to the next one. We got the Eagles. We got the Miami dolphins and listen, anyone against Miami is in play. Uh, even Carson Wentz who looked horrible last <laughs> week. Uh, man, that, that, one throw to Miles Sanders on the side. I know the wind was there, but that was horrific. Um, but yeah, I guess we'll start with Miles Sanders. He's a guy that you definitely have to consider. I think he's a strong play. It, it looks like we're probably going to have Howard out again. Uh, I know Ertz is struggling with an injury. So he might be looking at some of these pass catchers again, or maybe even a Dallas Goddard. He might be a cheapie that we look at, at the tight end position. Uh, where do you want to go here, uh, uh, Stuart? Because we have tons and tons of options here against Miami.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of a spot where like it was it was the one that uh, Mayfield was in last week. And I think there's reason to like Mayfield, uh, just given how much or how little pressure we could project Miami to apply. And I think the you know, same is going for Wentz. I just like, I'm just not sure that I trust Wentz to do a whole lot with uh, that added time. And uh, I mean, yeah, the, the price tag is interesting, um, but... I don't know. I think, you know, paying down for, for a guy like Dalton or, I mean, Foles is similar, similarly priced, I think, in just about as good of a spot. Um, so I, you know, I, I don't know. I'm not, I think Wince is in cash game consideration. I feel like, you know, I might be going elsewhere, but uh, I don't know. We'll have to see by the time Sunday rolls around and yeah, Miles Sanders is the guy I'm interested in. Uh, you know, Miami is, really attackable for running backs, particularly pass catching, pass catching running backs. They're allowing the most uh, opponent Justin fantasy points per running back target. And I think that's kind of where Miles Sanders would project to get a lot of his value, right? Like they've been using Jay Ajayi, uh through the ground, but I still think Miles Sanders is going to be their preferred, uh, you know, guy in the two minute drill, third down running back. Um, and I think it really sets up nicely for pass catching running backs against Miami I guess the one issue is, you know, as a uh, 10 point favorites, you do have some concerns that maybe they won't be as pass heavy uh, as you would like, but uh, the price tag still pretty low on Sanders. I think, uh, you know, his price has remained low just because he's run into some tough, you know, hasn't performed well and run into some tough matchups lately, but uh, it does feel like a potential get right game for miles Sanders and uh, you know could be, I think in really strong cash consideration to help you get uh, some of those more expensive uh, skill players. You might want to.
2: Yeah, well, Stuart, when, you, when you're 10-point favorites, you like to run the ball a lot. And there's a guy who will run the ball a lot, possibly, and he's 3K. Uh, little revenge, right, too? Former Miami Dolphin, <laughs> J.H.I. Uh, listen, I, I doubt I'm actually playing him. Uh, it's fun to, you know, bring it up. After all the Patrick Laird nonsense, too, last week, you know. But it might be J.H.I. season as the cheap running back this week. If you're looking for the cheapy, like, you know, the guy you have to play in, like, the cheap 3K range, uh, he might be the guy.
3: Yeah, I mean, what uh... – but I mean, Philadelphia is projected for what about like twenty seven implied points or something. Like, I think in tournaments, you know, if you get Jhi to fall into the end zone a couple times, and uh, not sure what his uh, you know snap count or touch allocation was last week, but you know he is on the field getting touches. Um, you know, in in a ten point uh, you know game where Philadelphia is favored by double digits. So uh, I mean, hey, not not the worst idea I've heard. Uh, Three thousand, super cheap. Uh, yeah. Um, think uh i think it's an interesting consideration
2: yeah no so i just i just want to mention it and the guy i'm probably not actually going to play but uh, it's, it's fun to mention uh, at the 3k range um you know anyone to run it back with the dolphins like uh, you want to run it back with the Devonte parker he sees targets but i don't know i'm not excited
3: yeah. yeah i mean i think uh last week we were talking about how philadelphia has been pretty tough on opposing receivers and uh they did a pretty good job shutting down a, a good uh seattle pass attack uh I don't know, not, not terribly enthused by uh, any of the Philly guys on the other side. I think you would assume Parker is kind of the preferred guy, though, if you are going to try to run that back.
2: All righty, let's move on to the next one. Um, actually, before we do that real quick, I, I do want to mention some news that popped up. Uh, we got Juju Smith-Schuster, he is going to be uh, out. We got James Conner, he is doubtful. Uh, Damian Williams, he's officially out for Sunday, right? So that's going to be interesting when we get to the Chiefs. And then Evan Ingram in the Giants game, we, we talked about he's out already, and we got Golden Tate's out as well. So um, don't, that could help out some of the Giants pass catchers a little bit. Just want to drop that news that I ended up uh, stumbling upon on Twitter there. Also, guys, if you're watching this video, please give us the like and subscribe on the video. We would really, really appreciate it. Uh, let's dive in. Let's go on to the next one here, Stuart, though. Uh, we got the Cleveland Browns, the Pittsburgh Steelers, 39.5 total. Uh, you know, just mention those guys who are going to be out, right? We got Juju. He's going to be out doubtful on, uh, doubtful on a guy like James Connor. Uh, is it Benny Snell season? Are Jalen Samuels interesting? Um, do you want the Delvin Hodge, the duck man? Uh, I don't think I have any interest in this game. I just think it's like a really good stay with 39 thirty-nine and a half total. I just could see this game going like 20 to 13 and just being a really boring one.
3: Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think Pittsburgh's going to, you know, play hide the quarterback, uh, just going to try to move it slow. Uh, Cleveland DST, maybe it's, uh, you know, one area might have some interest, but uh, yeah, I think a, a stay away game as well. Uh, Cleveland's got, you know, intriguing pieces on offense, but really tough matchup going into Pittsburgh. And uh, man, who knows? I mean, it feels like, you know, anyone could get thrown out of this game. Like if, uh, you know, I don't know.
2: So. Oh yeah, that, you're not wrong. Actually, I, I forgot that this was the this is the rematch of the yeah you know, the, the not so great game. So yeah, uh, I,
3: unfortunately, our optimizer doesn't consider uh, you know ejection uh, probability, but uh, I think there's there's some probability there for some of these guys. Who knows.
2: You're you're not wrong, but I think it's a good stay away game. It's a good catch me up game. Let's move on to the next one. We got the Rams. We got the Cardinals 47 and a half total and the Rams are favorites. Uh, you know, Jared Goff hasn't thrown a touchdown in November, but you know, 25 points have to come somewhere. Right. Because Vegas is always right. Um, I think Jared Goff and listen, this sounds gross to say, I think Jared Goff is a really good tournament play with these receivers. I think it's definitely something you can be intrigued by. Obviously tight ends against, uh, you know, the Cardinals, you have to consider them as well. Um, overall, I think the Rams are a strong tournament play because everyone has a bad taste in their mouth about them.
3: Yeah, for sure. It's, uh, you know, a good get right spot for golf. Uh, you know, Cardinals lying second most adjusted fantasy points per pass attempt. And, uh, I mean, uh, we would have reason to believe that golf isn't a terrible quarterback. Uh, you know, if we take kind of his long form, uh, So yeah, I think he's an interesting tournament play cheap. Uh, he's got some good targets to throw to. I don't know that I have a real opinion on kind of what the preferred stacking option is like, obviously, uh, well, I guess now it's what just down to woods and cup, like both, you know, good receivers, I think worth some consideration. Uh, but Gerald, Gerald Everett's got a bit of an injury bug, right? Um, I think, uh, would be too bad because, you know, Arizona yeah. yeah. And- I saw,
2: I saw there's some news on him with the injury. I don't know exactly what's going to happen, but you know how it is, right? If, if there's like a tight end there, you plug him in. The question is, I think Everett's the better play than Higby, but, um, if you have to pick between one or the other and the other scores and you have, you know, the guy who didn't, you're going to be so tilted by it. That's the one problem.
3: Yeah. Um, I think it's, you know, an interesting, not, I mean, I think just baseline, Kyler's not a guy I'm super interested in, but I do think it, it, you know, matchup in particular sets up pretty poorly for him. Uh, Los Angeles is pretty good at limiting uh, quarterbacks in their effectiveness as scramblers. They're allowing the fewest adjusted fantasy points per quarterback scramble, allowing the second lowest, seventh lowest, I'm sorry, uh, scramble rate to opposing quarterbacks. And, you know, Kyler's a guy, if you, you know, want to play him, you're expecting to get some value out of him from, uh, you know, his legs. And I, I think it's a spot where he, could struggle to do that. So uh, Kyler, I think is a guy, I'm, I'm, you know, we spend a lot of time talking about the guys we do want to play, but I think it's also valuable to talk about some guys we don't want to play. Uh, I think Kyler for me is, is a guy who's upside. I'm, I'm pretty uh, dubious about uh, giving the matchup.
2: Well, I mean, they're going to put up some points, right? And these rece- this receiving core is not that great overall. Um, is Christian Kirk a guy that you want to buy in on? Like, uh, you know, that connection's getting better with Murray. He's someone that as the season went on, I kind of wanted to, like, you know, buy more and more of, and I thought the price would continue to go up. And um, I don't know. Basically what I'm asking is, like, is Christian Kirk a guy in tournaments you think that you want to
3: get some exposure to him? Yeah, I think he's worth getting some kind of one-off exposure. I think uh, historically he hasn't, ex- you know – correlated super well with Kyler. So I think he's a guy uh, to kind of sprinkle in as like a unstacked play as, you know, around a more, uh, you know, correlated primary build. Uh, yeah. I mean, the price is still good for Kirk uh, five, sevens up a little bit, but uh, yeah, he's been kind of getting better as the season goes on. Uh, and, you know, just David Johnson is, you know, kind of, I feel like maybe one, you know, knock against Kirk as we thought maybe like a guy like David Johnson would, uh, you know, have some role in the passing game. And I mean, he's just, you know, totally gone. Uh, so yeah, I think it's uh you know, there, there's, a, there's good opportunity for Kirk and we'd expect pretty good volume for him. Uh, so yeah, I think worth some consideration.
2: Yeah. He's a guy I think you should consider there. Let's head over to the next game. We got the Raiders. We got the chiefs 51 total here. chiefs, are nine and a half point home favorites. And man, when you got those, you know, 10 point home favorites, uh, you got to love the running backs. And with the injury going on, LaShawn McCoy at 4.8K, like, how do we get away from him? I mean, he seems like a guy that you're just going to lock and load in your lineups. I get it. He doesn't get a ton of attempts, right? That's the one problem. Uh, The attempts aren't aren't there. But with Williams being out, he should get some uh, more opportunity there. So, uh, I don't know. Am I I crazy to think that McCoy's going to be a cash game guy we're looking at and a tournament guy that has crazy upside?
3: Yeah, I I like McCoy a lot. Um, You know, Oakland's pretty good against the run, but as 10-point favorites, we'll kind of expect – or, you know, we can project, I guess – Kansas city to try to assert their will on the run. And, uh, you know, McCoy still has, I think some, some pass catching pop, and that's really, uh, where the Raiders are susceptible. They're allowing, uh, you know, the second most fantasy points per running back target behind only the bear, uh, sorry, the lions. And both those teams are kind of in a league of their own as far as just allowing running backs to get some high value, uh, targets, uh, so, yeah, definitely interested in McCoy, uh, I think, as as a runner, as a pass catcher, uh, and at the price. I mean, I think there's a lot to like there in cash and at tournaments, uh, for sure.
2: No, I, I agree with you. I think he's going to be one of the better cash game options and, and a really good tournament play as well. Definitely want to get some exposure to him. And I expect the Chiefs to, like, just lay it down on them, right? They've had some games where they kind of, like... They slowed down the pace and just like against the Titans, and then the Titans end up coming back and winning. And this is a game where like they're fighting for the division, right? Like the Raiders are actually surprisingly in it, so uh, I expect the Chiefs just to run up the score. Same with, same with Andy Reid, right? That's what he does. Um, so I think it just lines up for them to put up a big, big number this week. So uh, like getting these Chiefs exposure, uh, like going up to Mahomes. I don't think people are gonna want to you know pay up for him. They'd rather just play Lamar Jackson instead. So I think there could be some really nice ownership on Mahomes being low. Uh, and they have an implied total of thirty uh Tyreek Hill I know he's dealing with that hamstring and Sammy Watkins is very cheap like listen I-, I like Tyreek Hill but Watkins at his price I mean talk to me about that one 5.4k for Watkins on DK I know he's got the Q tag next to him he didn't practice because of an illness but um I don't know man I think 5.4k he's really intriguing
3: yeah I mean he yeah you you think his, his value is pretty good at that price it's just Watkins this year, ever since that first week has kind of felt like fool's gold, uh, something like I've been chasing a decent amount, especially, I think I've played him a decent amount in some of these, uh, showdown slates. And like, he has a pretty low floor. It seems like, I mean, I think like two catches, 17 yards is within the realm of possibility for Watkins. Um, so I think he's a really strong tournament play. Um, I might just be biased by some past, uh, you know, plays that I've had on Watkins where uh, I'm a little concerned about his floor. Um, I mean, yeah, at the price tag, I think that there's good value to be had there. Um, man, I, just, he, he, I felt like I've been chasing fool's gold with uh, Watkins a bit this year. Um, yeah. I mean, Tyreek Hill, the, the price is up. Uh, I don't know that he's a guy I'm going to be reaching for in cash, um, but Oakland, uh can be beat at receiver and in particular beat deep. Uh, they have, uh, you know, teams really seem to want to attack them downfield. And yeah, I mean, Tyreek Hill's probably the best in the business at doing that. So uh, I think worth some consideration in tournaments, um, but the price tag, you know, I mean, the fact that he's what, 1900 more than uh, Devonte Adams. Like, I just don't know that that's a, you know, a price I can stomach on Hill.
2: Yeah, it's a tough price to stomach, but you know what his upside is. I mean, the the thing is he had the hamstring injury and early in the week it was questionable, but now he's a full practice on Wednesday. So he seems to be fine, but it is a hamstring injury, right? Those things can act up. So I don't know. I think with that like possible, who knows what can happen in game. uh, I'm going to kind of stay away um, and just kind of look at a guy like maybe a Travis Kelsey. I think he's a great play. Um, someone I'm going to love on a site like Dandel where you're just forced to pay up at tight end. I think he's like, just like the lock and load tight end play. I, I love him. I think he's in a phenomenal spot. So we're going to load up on some Kelsey for sure at tight end. I'm sure you are. Uh, what about the Raider side of the ball? Uh, anyone there you want to run it back with or get some exposure to, because I'm just kind of out on the road.
3: Yeah. Not, not the most compelling side. Uh, you know, Josh at a 10 point dog, you know, uh, Josh Jacobs is, you know, potentially not going to really factor in. To the game in as huge of a way as you would like uh, Jalen Richard, I mean, last year I, I had some decent success, just like locking in Jalen Richard at like, you know, 3.3 when the Raiders were awful and just getting, you know, six catches for 40 yards out of him. Uh, you know, I think he's in consideration uh, Darren Waller, probably guy I will not be going to this week. Kansas city is really tough against the tight end. They're allowing the fewest, adjusted fantasy points per target and tight end air yard. Uh, Waller has just hasn't been, I think as good. And his, his volume, his role has kind of uh, declined a little bit. You got the Foster Moreau, uh, you know, touchdown vulture risk. Like I think Waller is probably a guy I, I might just be xing out, uh, you know, in, in tournament consideration and, and definitely in cash.
2: All righty, let's move on to the next one. We got the Chargers, we got the Broncos, 38.5 total here. And, uh, yeah, man, I, I don't know what to exactly do with this game. Like, again, 38.5 total, not a lot to like. The running backs, they split carries and opportunities. Like, it's just not pretty. Uh, Keenan Allen, cheap at 6.8K, and I like him on PPR sites. Um, but I don't know. I, I I don't know. I just don't want to touch this game too much. It, is, that, is that weird to say, Stuart? Uh.
3: Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's a whole lot to like, uh, particularly on the Charger side where there's some, you know, splitting of duties and um, just a really tough matchup. I mean, Denver is pretty tough everywhere. But, uh, I, I mean, I, I like Philip Lindsay a decent amount. He's really cheap. Uh, and I'm just I'm pulling up his, uh, like, his just uh, rush attempt split you know, compared to Royce Freeman. And I mean, they're literally just diverging like this. I mean, Philip Lindsey is, uh, he got 86% of Denver rush attempts last week. Royce Freeman got 13%. And the Chargers are a team that, you know, can be attacked on the ground. They're allowing the fifth most uh, adjusted fantasy points per rush attempt and the fifth highest adjusted running back target market share. Uh, I mean, Philip Lindsey is a guy that can get get it done in a couple ways I, I really like him as a as a tournament play and I think might even sneak into cash viability seeing how kind of the roster uh construction shapes out um but he I mean he seems to just have full control of the Denver backfield and I don't think it's the worst spot for Denver running backs uh the total is a bit concerning and just the pace at both that both these teams played is somewhat concerning but uh at 5-1 pretty cheap uh just we we kind of talked about how much we liked McCoy and McCaffrey. And it just, you know, uh, leaves somewhat limited running back roster spots and from a cash build standpoint, but uh, definitely I think worth considerations in tournament builds.
2: Yeah. I'm with you. Like you said, I said, I don't know what to do with this game. Allen's like the one guy that might sneak into my consideration, but I, I, I don't know. It's tough. I have to trust Philip Rivers throwing the football and I don't trust him throwing a football anymore. So uh, I don't know, not, not so much else to like in this one. Um Stuart, any final thoughts, man? Uh, we kind of uh, gotten through all the games, and uh, you know, NFL, they gave us only three uh, four o'clock games again, so we got to deal with that. Not uh, a good mix of the red zone, but hey, uh, should be a fun football Sunday, right?
3: Yeah, I think so. We've had, uh, I think, a couple just tough slates, tough pricing, and I think there's some value that's already opening up. I think it's going to be a fun slate, and uh, yeah, pretty excited for Sunday to uh, you know roll around. Got no teams on by. Uh, yeah, it should be a fun one.
2: Yeah, this one kind of feels like more of a breath of fresh air. Like I, I felt like the last one's building lineups. I was getting squeezed, right? I felt like I was suffocating. Every time like some, there'd be another play I'd want, uh, you know, $500 felt like $1,000 or 200 felt like 400 but it uh, feels a little looser so far. So I'm kind of excited for this slate, uh, excited to dive in. Uh, thanks a lot for joining us, guys. Feel free to check out Stuart and, uh, you know, Brandon over at Advanced Sports Analytics. Uh, they appreciate that. Uh, we also would appreciate you to hit that like and subscribe if you enjoyed this show. Uh, really appreciate doing the uh, show with you guys and, uh, you know, giving you the content. But uh, we got to get on out of here. Thanks a lot for joining us. For me, Travis Mangone, and Stuart, we're out of here.